instruction about how God is calling us to live in the spirit of our lives. So our, our students called Everyday Faith continues today to the books of both the Psalms and the Proverbs. Today is the first passage from the book of Proverbs. So we'll be reading Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. I encourage you to follow along, either through a, a Bible we have on your own, or we'll also be projected behind you on the screen behind you. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insights, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. Let the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand the proverb and the saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So you continue to worship the Lord now in song. Yeah, I messed up right there. Proverbs chapter 1. You've got it up already. That's fantastic. If not, please open there now. I was thinking this week, you know, some things never change. You can go to Giordano's Pizza, and you'll know that in 10 minutes you'll consume more cheese in, in 10 minutes than you should in an entire month. Just know that if you're going to eat this pizza, that will happen. You can go to a bowling alley, you can go bowling, and in one of the lanes, there will always be that, those group of people who are bowling perfect strikes every time. You know, the group that is like always there. You can do anything else, you live here. And they always don't seem like they're having that much fun. Like, I must protect the strike. And you're like, I got two pins, this is fantastic. <laughs> if you go to Pastoral's office, he's not here, or else this would have been fantastic. He brought this up in a men's group on Wednesday. If you go to his office, there will always be a new book on his desk or on that little the, the bookshelf line. There will always be a new book. It never changes. If you uh, are here in Chicago and you get a catch-up, what will always be true? So we know what? Ketchup. Fine. There's no ketchup. You got the hot dog. You got the hot dog. What did I say? If I get a ketchup. If you get a hot dog, you get a ketchup. If you get ketchup here, then you get a hot dog.
If not, probably last time you saw a proverb was on a Hallmark card that was given to you by someone. Now, all that proverbs are little motivational sayings, things that can be easily written on a card or put on a little uh, calendar that you can flip through each day. I'm not saying that these are bad, but is this all that it is? Something that can be easily painted onto a canvas that if you search Proverbs on Pinterest that a, a million different things will pop up for how to communicate these nice little sayings? Are they just for Facebook posts or nice images that display this, this pertinent verse that's in our minds? Or is Proverbs more just for Proverbs 31? Every Christian guy sitting down across from his first date looking at Proverbs 31 and saying, Yes? Yes? Is it just for those verses that seemingly almost disable women just as much as any of those sometimes there's like, I have to be this Proverbs 31 wife or woman? Proverbs just a bunch of groups together close with a supposed uh, list of what a perfect woman is on the edge? Or is it more? Because if God put it in the Bible, we would think it's more because we know that, uh, as it says, all scripture is God's reading, right? We believe that here at Unity's Bible Church. If you go on our website under the Bible heading of what we believe, we believe that all scripture is inspired by God, meaning that he uh, put it in the minds of the authors to write it. Is not exempt from that. So it's got to be more than just great quotes to put on t-shirts and mugs. More than one-liners that will go a long way on Facebook. And so today, together, as we look at Proverbs chapter 1 and the verse 7 verses, we're going to see that it is more than God's hallmark card out of the Bible. That instead He has a specific plan for the book of Proverbs. And then in writing Proverbs, God put a specific purpose, a specific audience, and a specific foundation in place for us. And in this specific uh, purpose, audience, and foundation, we'll see how this relates, how we understand living an everyday faith. Now, if you looked earlier this morning, you'll realize that we only read seven verses. But we're going to squeeze every ounce of juice uh, from these verses, like lying on top of the top, we're going to get every little bit out because these seven verses are so jam-packed of great stuff. So let's start off by looking at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. In this introductory verse, we begin examining what specific purpose God has for Proverbs. This verse fills us into what we are about to experience. The book's genre is Proverbs, the Proverbs of Solomon. Now, Proverbs in the English language is weak because it does often take the form of shorter, quick submissive, and that indeed is included in this book. But there's also more long form writing that takes the form of almost speech or persuasive essay. And what we see in each form of writing throughout this book is that it's written to impart wisdom. An idea is which we'll dive deeper momentarily. But what we should know before we start out is that initially stating that these are the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, the title follows uh, the genre of Proverbs or wisdom literature that took place at that time. As I was reading through commentaries this week, I found that there was, uh, there's 
thousands and thousands of different uh, papyrus and, and gathered wisdom writing at the time from, from nations such as uh, Egypt and other civilizations nearby. Why might we want to know this? Because it begins to inform the purpose of the book. The Proverbs is more than just scraps of paper compiled by an over-eager servant in Solomon's court. It was an intentional writing to practice a common uh, custom of passing on information from one generation to another. In our case this morning, the Proverbs are Solomon. King David's son, you already know, is great, was known for divinely vivid wisdom. You might have heard the story, the terrifying story in Sunday school where God first grants Solomon wisdom in a dream. He asks him whatever you want, and Solomon says, I'll take wisdom. That's a great choice. And then immediately he puts a test that two women come with a baby. And Solomon's possible answer is, well, let's give half the baby to each mother. Not the most conventional way of initially showing your wisdom, but it really works. And so for the rest of Solomon's reign, he's known for his wise ruling. This is the Proverbs that we're reading, the Proverbs of this wise man. But if you look at the rest of the Proverbs, you'll also know that there, he did not write all of them. That there are headings uh, for other Proverbs that show that there were different authors that also compiled it. So we don't know exactly that Solomon brought them all together, and he wrote some and others compiled them later, but in our lack of knowing a clear authorship, we do know that all scriptures God breathed. That they are divinely authored by God and combined them just so for us to read. And as we move forward, we'll see God's plan through these Proverbs of Solomon, and it will be uh, shown through the unity of the way that the rest of the verses are put together. If you look down through the rest of the verses, you'll see at the beginning of almost every verse, it starts with the word to, and it ties it back to the first verse. So it could be read, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know the verse or to receive, to give. And then verse 5 says something a little different, but gives the same idea before coming back to verse 6, it says, to understand. This is the heading, and then everything else follows through to answer these questions. And through these, we'll see first God's specific purpose, and then his specific uh, intended audience, and then his specific foundation. So if we look at verses 2 and 3, uh, let's first look at God's specific to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive, ins- receive instruction wisely with righteousness, justice, and equity. God's specific purpose is given in the beginning of verse 2 and then expanded upon with the rest of the two verses. The purpose is to know wisdom. The use of this word throughout the Old Testament uh, can be translated as a masterful or complete understanding. One who uh, has wisdom completely understands the subject to the point that it can be considered a master over it. It was used in the Old Testament for someone who had complete artistic skill or technical skill. Someone who was uh, very good in battle who was able to uh, go through politics and work with people. One who was wise in a certain area, an expert in the field. This was someone who was had wisdom. The perfect example of what it means that a complete uh, wisdom, a total understanding, can be seen each evening right now on TV. You knew this was coming at some point soon. You heard this. I hope you've all been watching Simone Biles. She's incredible. And if you think of a total understanding of something, she has wisdom when it comes to the field of gymnastics. She's able to do things that most of our bodies would not even attempt. 
And if you were going to ask someone about gymnastics who's wise, who completely understands it for advice, you would go to her. Now, why would you not go to me? Because I can tell you about gymnastics, but I do not have wisdom when it comes to it. I do not totally get it. I can tell you, yeah, when you go to one corner and you flip across the other corner and you do this little dance, and then you flip to the other corner and do a little tumble, and then that supposedly gets you points. I can tell you about that. But, if you put me on there, it would be the most uncomfortable two minutes of everyone's life. The purpose of Proverbs is to be wisdom, a masterful, complete understanding. The idea of knowing wisdom is expanded upon the next word through the call to also know instruction. In uh, some of our English translations from Hebrew, the word says instruction, but some of you may have the word discipline. And they're both uh, demonstrating what's correct. It literally can be translated as a chastening lesson. The instruction, or the word instruction here, adds the demand of correction of former wrong action. So as we think about the purpose of Proverbs this morning, we realize that in the pursuit of wisdom, there are often demands of correction from former practices that are not right. And as we can see here, that correction from discipline uh, is to eradicate wrong actions to help us pursue wisdom. The second line is the first step to carrying out God's specific purpose Proverbs. To know wisdom, one first must understand. We've all heard the phrase, in one ear and out the other. Where someone hears something and it's like it tickles their eardrum but somehow finds a channel all the way through and just passes out the other ear. They hear it but they don't understand. Some of you who are parents probably say, yeah, I know my kids are like that sometimes. You say, hey, can you set the table? Yeah. Ten minutes later, the table's not set. Hey, did you hear me? Yeah, yeah. What did I say? There's a difference between hearing and understanding. We need to first to uh, gain wisdom, understand, and comprehend the words. God's purpose first uh, demands an internal comprehension that can affirm what is heard. This is further reiterated if we jump ahead to verse 6, where the idea of understanding is expanded upon in the reiteration of God's purpose. Let's look at verse 6 briefly now. To understand a problem and a thing, the words of the wise and their wills. Four different types of uh, wisdom writing that are mentioned in Proverbs, a saying, the words of the wise and the riddles, shows what show and demonstrate what it means to understand wisdom totally. The one who comprehends or understands wisdom is able to take hold of all of these kinds of instruction. They process Proverbs to extract the deeper meaning beneath the surface, taking all the wisdom that it gets. A saying is taken to heart. It's more than just an eloquent cadence. The wisdom in it is grasped and kept until a pertinent moment when it can be applied. Words of the wise are seen for what they are, passing on the wisdom from one who has gone before, received by one who to understand. Riddles do not overtly occur in Proverbs, but the understanding of this form of writing also demonstrates a grasp of wisdom. The understanding of all of these demonstrates that the wisdom has sunk in, gone beyond hearing, and become knowledge. Understanding is the first step necessary to teaching and hearing wisdom. As we look back to the third verse, we see the essential second step of God's specific purpose for problems. Wisdom is not merely intellectual, it is spiritual. 
You have to move past the internal comprehension seen through verses 2 and 5. That is, it's displayed and confirmed through the experience of life. Going back to the Olympics, if Simone Biles never performed, no one would be able to discern a difference between the two of us. We could both talk about uh, gymnastics. But if you put us up on the uneven bars, one of us would flip the other would flop. Because it is demonstrated through the experience. The one who has understood instruction has taken a hold of it, grasped it as their own, and now is seen through how their interactions or dealings are with others. Their life and actions now reflect the way that they have learned. It does not stay purely as intellectual, but is seen in the way they live day to day. Thus far in our examination of God's specific purpose of Proverbs, we've seen a desire to give wisdom. But the same could be said of those other civilizations, wisdom literature. They also wanted to pass on wisdom from one generation to the other. But these other writings were different because they were for the selfish benefit of those people. The wisdom they imparted would be passed on to the next generation so that they might live a better life and do everything for themselves. But what we find in the final part of verse 3 is that God's purpose for Proverbs is just the opposite. The specific purpose for Proverbs is to give wisdom that results in God. Change action that is not self-seeking, but God-pleasing. A magical understanding for the sake of God's purposes and not our own. We see this through the final line of verse 3 through 3, character traits of one whose actions demonstrate the wisdom of First, God gave you wisdom to see through change, actions demonstrated by righteousness. God is a righteous God, and His righteousness fills out and floods the Proverbs. And so the result is that in reading and receiving wisdom, God's righteousness is understood and translated into righteous action. One who is wise has actions that are not characterized by worldly desires and self-seeking thoughts, but instead desires God's righteous heart. Second, wisdom is demonstrated through justice-infused action. Knowing what is right and wrong and mastering what it means to act justly in any situation. This is one who has received and understood wisdom and is able to play it out. In Solomon's own time, just as in our own, a me-first mentality takes priority over that which is just. So one who has learned and knows godly wisdom will be seen as they stand out against the backdrop of injustice. Third, wisdom plays out equity. Not the financial term, but the idea of being fair and impartial. This too is clear indicator that God's wisdom has been granted equity was popular or was contrary to popular function. This, in Solomon's time, much again in our own partiality thrives. Their merchants trade upon the unfair to make a living. Here, people do not want to function in fairness. So one who acts with equity clearly has to be living in a different place than the rest of the country. This is God's specific purpose, to teach wisdom that the audience might receive and take hold of that wisdom. And it must not just comprehend and hear it, but grasp and master it. And that would, and that would translate into godly wise living, to be put to action, demonstrating mastery, as seen through lives that are living in wisdom, displaying godliness and righteousness, justice and equity. And with this specific purpose communicated, we must ask ourselves, but to be moved as directed. Just as God has a specific purpose, He also has a specific audience. He hasn't just uh, thrown out uh, these uh, 
hoping that whoever gets there first gets it. He has a specific audience in mind, which is communicated in verses 4 and 5. So now let's read verse 4. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. God first specifically identified that the book of Proverbs is meant for those who are not yet wise. In verse 4, we have two identified fire kids people. First, they are simple, and second, they are youth. We're going to flip them this morning and look at them uh, first by looking at the youth, then by looking at who is simple. In the genre of wisdom literature at the time, most authors would identify a specific recipient. We see at the beginning of our passage that it just says, Solomon came, uh, son of David, king of Israel. He doesn't give who is to. Most would have said to my son, so-and-so. However, in this not being there, it moves a, a, the uh, intended audience beyond someone specific into the idea of people being youthful in general. But you also identify someone who has not yet reached the position of elder. So rather than it being an age marker, it is also a wisdom marker. It identifies someone who has not yet gained wisdom, who has not learned knowledge and how to apply it and master it in life. God's first specific audience then is one who does not yet know, regardless of age. They are used when it comes to wisdom. For instance, my grandmother, the same one who has a bathroom calendar, has an iPad and has a Bluetooth wireless speaker. Now my brothers and I are not tech geniuses by any measure, but whenever any one of us is there, she'll sit us down at the table, pull out this little notebook and say, okay, walk me through the steps to do this. One time I had to walk her through how to post pictures on Facebook. Another time when she got this speaker, I had to walk her through how to connect the speaker so that she could play uh, Frank Sinatra and all these beautiful oldies. Now, Despite her being older age-wise, she was, in essence, a youth when it came to the technology of iPad. She would be categorized as one who did not know. Now, to calm the potential wrath of some who might be here this morning with children and grandchildren who help me in the same way, mm-hmm. my grandmother is one of the most wonderful ladies in the world. Her very fitting name is Lois, and she has indeed passed on her faith to the next generation. So as far as a godly wisdom is concerned, she is quite the opposite of this specific audience. She is one who is wise. But the audience here is people who do not yet know God's word. They are young, youthful, and experienced in ways of life and godly living. The second word that emphasizes and adds to this is the word simple. The Hebrew word actually more heavily leans to the word uh, gullible. The idea that they don't know which way to go, and so whatever comes their way, whatever advice they hear, they will tend to follow. They have not yet gone on the path of wisdom, and so they will commit themselves to whatever comes. They have a lack of direction. But what this word also points out about these people is that they are not fools. A fool knows the way and is intentionally disregarded. These simple youth, on the other hand, are ones who see and have not yet seen and not yet know what is right. They still have the choice to stay away from the direction of the world and direct themselves down the path of wisdom. In the rest of verse 4, we see the desired result of this audience. First, prudence. To know how to function in certain situations, to be able to traverse life with wisdom that plays out in wise action. Some translations will say cunning or shrewdness. 
The ability to see uh, what is coming and know how to function and act. To no longer be swayed by your own ability. The second is knowledge. The inward mastery of what was taught. The understanding that moves beyond fear. And finally, discretion. Showing discretion demonstrates the wisdom learned points uh, to it uh, moving beyond head knowledge and into practice wisdom. God's desire is that problems will communicate wisdom that results in wise godly living. And it's for those who do not yet know how to live wise godly lives who have not yet put themselves upon that path. Maybe that's some here this morning. You're not a fool this morning. You're, you have not chosen intentionally to turn away from what is right, but you have not yet begun to go in that path. You're grabbing hold of different influences that come your way. And so, Great. Because God's desire is that you take Proverbs, take a hold of it, and begin along that path to read this book of the Bible, to allow yourself to live in prudence, in knowledge, in wisdom. Allow His words to permeate from knowledge and to live in wisdom and righteousness and justice and equity. This is God's intended audience for Proverbs, to instruct those who do not yet know. But where does that leave us? who have already committed ourselves to this work, who have previously sought godliness through wisdom. Thankfully, we do not have to write off Proverbs or Tarot out of our Bibles and hand it to the nearest person that we think is foolish, because God also intended this book to those who are already wise. Those who have already gleaned from this book and are already living what lies in God Verse 5 invites the other part of God's specific audience to Proverbs. And it says this in verse 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands and gain guidance. Those who are already wise in God's way should be equally as receptive to Proverbs. For the first part of this verse points out the journey is not yet done. God's desire for those of us who know His ways that we might increase in learning, and a continued growth that must take place. We too see here how we might identify someone who is truly wise. The one who is wise knows that they must constantly continue to seek wisdom. Knowing that though they live in godliness, there is always more. Looking to Proverbs to glean more wisdom. Asking how they might continue to apply the wisdom to their lives and live in life. God's desire is that Proverbs be taken by those wanting every bit of wisdom my wife Ellie loves, maybe like many of you, to take a pit of a mango that the flesh has already been mostly cut off of and jam a fork into it. And then we'll be sitting watching something, and for the next hour she'll be picking at that mango pit, getting every piece of flesh, every little bit of juice off of it, until it's uh, completely dry with nothing left. This is what a wise person does. <laughs> <laughs> A wise person knows that those that they have already known, that there is still more there, that they can keep picking more off and keep getting more, but unlike the pit of a mango, a problem will never run out of wisdom. God's desire is that this book would be received by those wanting to learn more and more. We see that this audience already understands and they have taken to heart wisdom. We also see that they need to attain guidance. Many of us here this morning know that this is true ourselves, that we are moving forward on the path that God has given us day by day. 
silly guidance. We've not downloaded wisdom once and now move on to this idea. We must keep referring back, learning more, obtaining more guidance, going back to Proverbs, going back to His Word, and being more wisdom from This is the purpose of Proverbs, that it will be a source of wisdom for both the youth learning for the first time. And the wise were continuing to increase in learning and obtaining guidance. As we find ourselves this morning as part of our specific audience, whether for the first time starting out in Peter, continuing on this path, we cannot miss the final words of our passage that communicates God's specific foundation for the book of Proverbs. Verse 7 says this, In your bulletins you may know by heart, the fear of the world is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and destruction. The knowing of wisdom, the understanding of it, hearing and receiving it is built upon a fear of the Lord. This is many have put it as the model of Proverbs. If we hope to be part of the audience of Proverbs, learning and applying wisdom, we first have to hear this. Is the foundation, the beginning of wisdom as it says. Is the first step that needs to be taken towards a godly life. Meaning that there's someone who is wanting to start off on this path, and they want to acquire and know and live in Godly wisdom, they have to take this first step. They have to first accept this instruction here the Lord is the beginning to start of knowledge. Likewise, for all who are continuing on the path of wisdom, there has to be a recognition that at the beginning of the journey there was first a fear of the Lord. However, this is also the beginning of knowledge that is the foundation, the first brick upon which everything else is laid. A fear of the Lord is the point upon which everything is built. It's like an upside-down pyramid that everything comes back to this one point and it depends upon it and cannot stand without it. A fear of the Lord is that point. All pursuit of knowledge, all seeking of wisdom, will fall apart if this one thing will remain. Without a fear of the Lord, the edifice of wisdom will be reduced to a meaningless power of power. But this tells us also that this pursuit, that if one does not have that God-given foundation, and if they pursue knowledge without a fear of the Lord, they may as well be throwing bricks on a pile of rubble, because uh, without a fear of the Lord, it is completely useless. God's purpose is built upon a specific foundation. True wisdom is built upon a fear of the Lord. One can seek to know as much as possible, to be the smartest person at all times, to attempt to internalize all wisdom. But it is not built upon a fear of the Lord, but not translated to God and wisdom. This foundation is essential, because if we do not base our lives upon it, we will fail at the intended purpose of receiving God and wisdom. Now we must briefly ask ourselves, what does it mean to have a fear of the Lord? Well, I think there's two parts to it. There's the first practice fear of the Lord. We know who He is, and we uh, see who He is, and we, as a result, respond in action accordingly. Our actions, we see what He desires through His Word, and our actions reflect it, and that's part of fearing the Lord. But then the other part of it is the emotional response that wells up inside of us when we know Him and have a personal relationship with Him. And there is a slight fear at his greatness and awe of him. But there also is a fear of the Lord that there is a love for him and love inside because we have a relationship with him. So our actions follow a fear of the Lord. And our heart follows. In other words, the beginning of knowledge requires the relationship with God found for us. 
faith in Jesus Christ. It's an offering which this foundation laid before us. All that is left in our past is just to mention those who choose to take another path. The final statement of our passage this morning says, Only a fool would despise wisdom and respect. God has laid out the specific purpose for Proverbs to give wisdom, and the only one who would reject that given specific purpose can only be called a fool. As we look at Proverbs over the next couple of weeks, we will undoubtedly encounter this person again. The one who knows what is right, who sees the path of wisdom, has been instructed in it, and yet chooses to deliberately take another way. To refuse to hear it, instead of letting it go in one ear and out the other. And in doing so, they also reject the foundation upon that which they know here in the world. They refuse to take the first step. In essence, saying, I know that God has a specific purpose, but I'm choosing to reject it and go in another way. They ignore what so many of us this morning would claim to, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. God has laid out His purpose for His audience. Any who are simple, who are youthful, any who is already on that path, both must continue uh, to pursue wisdom. Through Proverbs, we can pursue Godly wisdom as God intended, and as we come to Proverbs, knowing it so much more. And just one line is, a hallmark Cute little Facebook sayings. God has a specific purpose that you might grow and live. And with this in mind, I want us to be here considering two specific responses. Two specific responses that uh, ask that we look at how we pursue wisdom going forward, and then ask that we look back on the journey thus far. First, God gave us this book that we can pursue wisdom. If you are a so-called youth, you are yet to know God's desires for your life. This book is an outflow of His desire for godly wise living. If you're committed to Him, you're already along the journey. This is an opportunity to continue to grow in godly living. Take hold of God's purpose and Lord wisdom. Then take it as verse three says, and let it form into your actions, so it moves beyond just head knowledge and moves into action wisdom. Yesterday, I was talking to Pastor Chuck, and he said, the best thing that I think we can do is to get people back into God's way. And as we pursue wisdom, this is not a step that we take over and over and over and Whether you're just starting out, whether you've been at it 50 years, we need to continue to pursue wisdom, and we have to do something. Do something in this Pastor Chuck said, the best thing is that we can get people to read the Bible day in and day out. Everything else reflects a daily cycle. You go to uh, work every day. You go to sleep every day. So with the resetting of every day, so too should we be in God's word every day. We can't hope to pursue wisdom if we're not continuing to study. Go back to the Olympics one more time. You think that uh, Simone Biles has been the uh, four-time world champion or U.S. champion of gymnastics by not practicing? That she just figured it out once Goes back day in and day out and practices of this. If we desire to pursue wisdom, it must be us as well. We must continue to uh, need to obtain from God's will. We have to go in and study. And as we do, we must also remember that this uh, wisdom literature is different from the rest of the world. It is not self focused, but it is God focused. We desire that we would learn to live godly lives. So as we're in this word, as we're looking at this book of Proverbs, 
salvation? Do we know that if we look back across our journey that the beginning of our pursuit was the fear of the Lord? Can it be traded back there? Because if everything doesn't look back there, if everything doesn't come back and balance upon that point, it will be a useless time of life. So ask, is your pursuit of wisdom built upon the fear of the Lord? Or it will come tumbling down. It will not be godly wisdom in which we can live godly by the hand to come back to that first step. A fear of the Lord. You could be here this morning pouring over this book, learning every nugget of truth that it gives, but if it's not based upon a personal fear of the Lord, upon a relationship with Jesus Christ that you move into action, your heart uh, moves into love for Him, realizing that He saves you. And that basis, the fear of the Lord, the beginning of knowledge. Living godly, wise lives is an outpouring of that first step, a fear of the Lord. Be sure that your foundation is set, that it is time, is what everything looks back at. Don't pursue wisdom. Spend the time to over and over go into his word. He has given us this book that we might know wisdom. So pour to it. As you pursue wisdom, do not forget. It must be based upon fear of the Lord.